Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home wise. Kara, let's talk about something that you have a lot of experience with, and that's uh, what to do uh, when you're home all day with a lot of little children. Yeah. How does a mom not go nuts? Well, I don't actually know how to answer that so one. So we don't know that one. So maybe that's, <laughs> we have to look somewhere else for that answer. Uh, but it's interesting. We're We're restarting in some ways this new phase of life. So I'm 48. Uh-huh. We're 44. Old man. It's been six years. Since we've almost. had a baby. Yeah, since we've had a baby. Um, and we, um, by God's design, um, our family sort of falls into two two groups, if you will. We had uh, five children, five and under, and then we have almost three years of gap. Um, we lost a baby and had a molar pregnancy in between and, um, some health things. And then, and then we start, and then we had five children who are stair steps every mm-hmm. two years. And our fifth son came out of the womb 40 years old. I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just super mature for his age and yeah, he's older than me. Yes. Um, there are times when I think I wish I could be Harrison. Um, <laughs> I wish I could have his consistency and discipline. Um, so, but he is 16. He's finishing high school. He's moving on, um, to all of his future. I see. I mean, I think he'll, he'll do really great. But, um, but that is so what's interesting is because the olders are working and going out and doing things. And there's just been a lot of activities for the older guys to go do things. And even Jonathan, our 13 year old kind of is in on a lot of that. I guess with the band and stuff, um, I have found myself at home with, you know, 11, nine, seven, five, and then we're getting ready to add the baby. Yeah. Because we're gone a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm gone with them, mm-hmm. and you're home with littles. Right. Youngers, and, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the moms with five, five and under at this stage would probably laugh at me and say, right. I would kill to have an 11 and a yeah. 9 and a 7. But we're about to add Patrick in That's a few right. months. And he'll have um, probably more significant needs than yeah. even a typical Definitely. typical baby would. So that's, you know, we're, we're starting a new phase of life. And it has got me thinking, for example, you took the older ones um, to do something and it's so funny because the older children are all like, Mom, can you do that? Will you be okay? And and I, I want to laugh because it's like, well, I did raise you <laughs> and didn't have any help when you were little. <laughs> but at the same time, um, it is like a refresher course because I've gotten used to having adults around and I've gotten used to a division of labor. Um, I've gotten used to having lots of sets of eyes to watch. You know, so even if everybody's busy doing what they're supposed to do, if younger brother is getting into something that he knows he shouldn't get into, older brother is close by and can say, hey, you don't get into that. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it's mom and all littles, um, you just, you can't see everything. You can't be on top of everything. And 
our older children have commented about how much worse they were. We were so bad, they'll say. We were so bad compared to these younger siblings. And I explained to them, well, that's because I couldn't be everywhere all the time. You know, while you and your sister were up in the attic where you didn't belong, getting into things you shouldn't have been getting into, I was changing and diapering and dealing with, you know, the the two-year-old and the baby, (laughs) you know, and you got away from me and I didn't either didn't realize it or didn't know where you had gone. And, you know, so um, that's, it's just a totally different phase. And we're we're getting ready to kind of get back into that again. So I had one of the (coughs) young moms said, can you do a podcast on this? Can you talk about that? So I'm going to think, you know, channel my 29 year old self, (laughs) try to remember, and also try to, you know, from the lessons I've learned, you Mm -hmm. know, this is what I did. And this is also what I would go back and do differently. Um, the first primary principle, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked is, um, that I think it's really, really important that you be with your children as much as humanly possible. And that is not an efficient way to live. And that's okay. Um, and when I say be with your children, I don't mean be on your phone or iPad in the same room with your children. I mean, mental, emotionally, um, now, it doesn't mean you always have to never do anything else, but you've got to be present. And that's all of you as much as is possible. Now, again, I recognize there are things that moms have to do where you have to tune your kids out. You have to balance the budget. You have to write the bills. You have to do things that you can't cram it all into the evening when your husband is home. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Um, and because I was pregnant so much, I rarely used nap time for anything other than napping. <laughs> I needed I needed to rest. And so I was not one that was able to get a lot done while the children slept. Um, so that was not a choice for me. But if you feel like you're losing it, if you feel like things aren't going well, I would suggest put everything away and just start spending time with your kids. Um, the second thing I would recommend is I think it really, 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 really helped us to have, uh, very consistent meal times um, and nap time. That was always and uh, bedtime and bedtime. Well, that the bedtime then creates all the others. Yeah. Now our bedtimes were not early. I've heard of a lot of people whose bedtimes for their children are a lot earlier than ours. We preferred to give them as much time with you as we could. Yeah, we also found that those real early bedtimes cut into social life and church life and and made us unavailable. Right. So when the children were little, we had a Wednesday night <coughs> service that we wouldn't have been able to attend if they had to be in bed at 8 or 8.30. Yeah. And we that wasn't what our family goals was to be active in the church. Yeah. So Or to have people over or to be at other people's homes. Yeah. But yeah, so those were really important. And in order for those regular mealtimes to happen, there had to be some level of organization. And for me, that meant keeping meals super, super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not even the most healthy, although I think that there's a lot more options today. Oh, my goodness, yes. And I think I would do better. I think I will do better because we're going to be going back to this. You know, um, there will come a time when my daughter, the oldest daughter, marries. Yeah. And um, when she's gone... The level of household, <laughs> you know, I mean, because right now we've got two adult women. And even though, even if we don't do it all, we've got two adult women who can say, hey, will you help with this? Will you do this? Will you organize this? Um, you know, we've got two. And when she's gone, that's gone. 
and um, the boys will still all work and everybody will participate together. But the truth is, you know, when, when she's married, when those older boys are gone, um, you know, we're back to, to all littles and organizing that. So I had a, a very simple, I think we had a list of maybe 20, 20 or 21 meals. And a couple of them were like, you know, I would have my mom's taco salad is done with meat and beans. And then I would double the meat and beans. And then, you know, three days later, we'd have chili using those same meat and beans. You know, they were, or I'd make spaghetti. And then a few days later, I'd make lasagna with the sauce left over. You know, I mean, they were, they were very simple and they were also dual purpose. Um, during that time that we had all littles, you did the grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of moms would appreciate if dad takes the kids and the mom gets some time alone. Sure. I was struggling with physical mobility issues. And I was so. down in town every day. Right. We, we lived 35 minutes <clears throat> from the grocery store. Right. So um, it did make sense for you to do the shopping one day on yeah. your way home. Yeah. I do remember that. And that was a real blessing because I'm, I'm not one of those. I would rather be with you even if it's surrounded by children. Um, to me, that's more of a break than going off by myself. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but those consistent meal you know, and, and, and they were really, really, really simple, and that's okay. So what do you think makes the meal and nap and bedtime so important? Well, why, why is that well, Why does that matter so much? Well, it started to begin, for me personally, it's because I was hungry. Because um, I'm thinking of those, we, we, you and I, are not free spirits. There are some free spirits out there who just don't want that kind of regimentation. Or, or you know, it's interesting because... I would say we, we are actually extremely spontaneous people. And it is those, those structure in our day that keeps us from being completely flighty and unproductive. And I'll tell you, here's, there's several reasons why. Number one, fed children are happier children. Yeah. Fed mamas are happier mamas. I can't tell you how many times, you know, maybe on a Facebook moms group or something, I'll hear about moms who go all day without eating. And I think I would turn into a screaming banshee. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be a mess. And that's not good for your body. It's not good for your children. It's not good for all of that. And so just for your for your health, for the children's health, for their ability to cope when stressors come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the consistency is so good for the children that they know, you know, that it <laughs> that they're going to be fed today at noon. And so even when they come at 1130 and I'm hungry, actually, we usually ate at 1130 when the kids were little, we ate a little earlier, but you know, when they would come, you're like, okay, we're eating 1130. You just, you know, half an hour from now, we'll be ready to eat. And, and that consistency was so good for them. It also, um, helped us from being completely unproductive. You know, we might have a morning where we got nothing done, but then we all sit down and eat lunch and you take the deep breath and you get back on track. Because you have a stopping point, a refueling point, a point when there, you know, everybody comes together and it's sort of like hitting a reset button. And then, of course, like I said, nap time was very important for me. And I, um, I hear a lot about families who say that their children don't nap. And I recognize that there are differences, but my experience in general has been that, um, kids who are, you quote, don't nap are usually actually overtired. Um, and so what we did with kids that might be struggling with that is I laid down with them, maybe rubbed their back, you know, maybe did things that helped them relax. 
And if your child is continually not sleeping at night, continually not napping, they become sleep deprived and that makes it even harder for them to sleep. And then with that comes the whininess and the diso, you know, a lot of the disobedience of a lot of the issues, the discipline issues that children have that I see can pretty much be taken care of if they're getting good sleep and they're eating good food. Even, I mean, we didn't give our kids the most nutritious food when they were young because they just weren't, I didn't know a lot. Mm -hmm. And, but just having the blood sugar (laughs) consistently, you know, so there was always the nap, there was always the snack, there was always the supper, you know, all of that was very consistent. And then it also helped later when we started homeschooling because there were normal and logical starts and ends to the to different activities. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there were normal things and during nap time, we might get these things done. But you know, once we got to snack time, which was three o'clock, once we got to snack time, we put the books away. It was time to play outside or whatever. So that was another one. Um, the third thing that I would say in this extremely, I think we did very well is we got outside a lot and, um, as much as we possibly could. And I think that really is a good thing for children. Um, uh, we, and sometimes they went out on their own, but a lot of times I would go out with them. Now, you know, we've talked about the mobility issues. So a lot of times that looked like me sitting on a swing, nursing a baby while they're all playing. And, but I was there, I was available. I could stop the play and say, Hey, let's talk about this character thing going on, or let's talk about the unkindness that's happening here. Um, or I could just let them, you know, when they were all happy and playing well together, I was there, I was, I was part of it. I saw it, but I could just let them continue. And so, you know, doing that, I think was a very good thing. And it fostered in our children, a love of the outdoors, a love of nature, a love of creation, um, a joy in making up their own games, you know, cause we didn't take a bunch of toys outside. We played with sticks and rocks and trees and water. <laughs> you know, we, we used the things that God had given us. And so I think a lot of our children's creativity comes from having spent much time outside playing and playing together and even having time where they go on, on their own and, and all of that. So that would be the third big thing. Um, and I haven't even gotten um, obviously one of the cornerstones of our, of our home has been read aloud time and having a time, you know, from as early, I think we probably didn't start a consistent read aloud time until our oldest was about three and a half or four. Mm-hmm. Um, now we also had some hyper kids and things like that, but and I think it just took me a while to, to, to get into a good groove, but, um, but having that time. Um, was really important. Um, and that was where a lot of their academic stuff came from. And interestingly, I know there's a lot of moms who spend a lot of time reading aloud chapter books. And I think that's fantastic. I was so tired from being pregnant that, um, a lot of the times that was a real struggle. So we got most of our education from picture books. Mm -hmm. And, um, because they're short, you know, you can get them in real quickly. Um, most picture books have, if you, if you go to the, children's picture book section and you pick um, different topics, you'll get through about fourth grade history and science topics just by reading picture books. So, which is I mean, part of what eventually birthed organic homeschooling was I saw how much educational opportunity there was mm-hmm. 
in these 32 page, <laughs> large print, well illustrated picture books. And so we, we use those for, I mean, we still use those. I mean, we, we use those. The children enjoy listening to them, I guess is what I want to say. Um, I still see some of my big kids sneak in when I'm reading aloud oh, yeah. in the picture books. Oh, yeah. And so that's been, that's been really good. And then, um, so, you know, lots of time doing that and then lots of time outside being with the children. Um, we did try to expose them as much as we could two things. So we had classical music going. We had, um, we tried to, we're not so good about art, which is interesting. We've got one guy that's a real, really great, pretty good artist, but, um, you know, we tried to download pictures onto the computer screen or print off fine works, you know, just trying to generate some interest in some things that were good and true and right and, and, um, do that. But that was, I would say less, other than the music, the music is just a part of who our family is. And so that was constant, but, um, we did try to do a lot of that. The one other thing that I would say that I feel like I've fallen down on that I was much better about, and I'm going to recommitting to do more of this was we used to memorize a lot of scripture. We used to memorize a lot. We used to memorize poetry and scripture and you know, everything else. And I have, I've let that go to some degree. And, uh, we used to memorize passages, not just individual scripture verses. And I really think that I know, cause I remember when you started sort of quizzing our older sons and you realized that between catechism and the scripture they'd memorized, there was so much Bible knowledge in there that we didn't realize they had. But it just came, and, and I use that real simple method where I just read it aloud two or three times, the passage. We might work on a verse or work on the other verse, but I just read it aloud. And it takes no time at all, two, three minutes a day. You do it consistently, you know, and consistently means three to four days a week, <laughs> not seven days a week. But you do that consistently for a month, and suddenly your children know a whole section of Scripture. Yeah. And, um, and I, that was a really good thing we did. And of course we were also calling them to that because when you start memorizing scripture and then an issue comes up, there it is. It's right where you need it. <laughs> well, what does the Bible say about our words? What does the Bible say about how we're to think of others? You know, um, you have it right there in front of you in your, in your brain. But, um, so I need to do, I need to get back to that more. And, um, I think without all the distraction of, the high school things with the big guys. Mm-hmm. I think that some of that will come back naturally. <laughs> um, but y'all can be praying for me because it's been a long time since we've had all, all littles and, uh, that's going to be a, a new thing for yeah. us or a, not new, but a like renewed <laughs> an adventure. That's right. Hello friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of, HomeWise with Steve and Kara Murphy. If you have a moment and you are of the mind, please make a donation to Highlands Ministries to help support these podcasts. Uh, You can go to the website at highlandsministriesonline.org and there's a Donate Now button. You can sign up for a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated and if we get like a million monthly supporters, we will do this from the beach. (laughs) 